Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDunes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 507, I think. Tired, tired Magic Huzzah! Ma- magic uh, didn't have the window open wide enough. Yeah, 507, there it is. Okay, I, I set the number a few hours ago. I forgot about that. Uh, hey, welcome everybody. This is uh, it's, it's Breeders' Cup Week Monday, October 30th. We're so happy you're here. Uh, Breeders' Cup is just a few days away. We're doing the post-draw in less in about an hour and a half, actually. Probably be about 4.45 when they go off. But we'll be live here for that. But right now, Mike and I... Uh, because they haven't drawn it yet. They didn't draw it this morning. We're like, Mike said, let's do the fantasy draft. I had such fun beating your ass last year, Magic. Let's do it again this year. And I stupidly said, yes, let's do it again, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun way to talk about the races because we don't have a ton. Like, we don't know the post positions. We don't have the odds out yet. We have a pretty good idea of who are going to be the longer shots. And it's a really fun way to rip through the races and kind of feel feel out the confidence level that we have going into the draw. Horses we're specifically going to be looking at. Long shots we like. I've got four long shots tagged i only think three of them are gonna end up in fields but i you know it's it's fun to have some of those horses that you want to talk about and it's one of these spots where we're gonna end up talking about the majority of the races because we are gonna be drafting 10 horses each year yeah the uh there's it, different categories it's not just hey what 10 horses do you like the best to win races or do well at the breeders cup it's uh, a good mix here and so it's going to be a nice way for mike and i to talk with each other and with you the fans that are watching live what our thoughts are on different races and stuff. So as we're going through, kind of ask questions, throw them in the chat. We'll do our best to keep it, uh, uh, to get to the questions in, in the moment here as we're talking about the horses, but should be a lot of fun. We'll cover pretty much every division. I tr- I'll be honest, I tried very hard to stay away from the two-year-olds in this in this one. Well, that's, that's good to know because I'm going to be pretty heavy on the two-year-olds, so I'll, I'll strategically use that against you there. Um, we're going to have 10 categories. There's going to be three wild cards. Magic's going to get the first pick here. We're just going to go A, B, A, B, back and forth with the picks. You can pick in any category you want, so you don't have to go in order of what they're listed on there. Um, for all the categories except for three, we're going to score it five points for a win, three points for second, one for third. And this is in case anyone wants to do this with their friends at home. The ca- there's going to be a fade favorite category. If they lose, you get five points. If they win, you get zero. There is a long shot winner category. For a little bit of spice, if your horse wins you get the odds. So if it's 16 to one winner, you get 16 points. If you, if they lose, you don't get any points, even if they finish second. So has to win there. Um, and then long shot trifecta horse. If they finish one, two or three, you get five points. If they don't, you get zero. Everything else is the five, three, one style. Uh, I'm already nervous about this. No, well, if you're watching live uh, or, or the replay, if you're watching the screen, we will have the table, a full table up tracking everything. So don't worry. We'll, we'll keep going. If you're listening to this, we'll do our best to, uh, kind of keep you updated and we'll recap it after at the end here um yes kevin that's what i talked about the start thank you remember last year when magic picked the worst ever assembled team does anybody mike could remember this does anybody remember who magic took with the first overall pick and it shocked mike and aaron who both said okay so we'll take flight line second (laughs) uh we'll see Uh, if anybody gets it in the chat i would uh, love to see it but all right i'm excited you're giving me the first pick once again because it worked so well for both of us last time. Let's get into it. Yeah. Ed has a oh. question. Casamigos? Yeah, it's Casamigos, but it's Ralph's cost Casamigos, not Island cost Casamigos. That's fine. We can just head to the track after sa- after Saturday. We can head to wherever <laughs> you want where you can buy me that bottle. It's nice that you think that I'll still have a running chance after you sweep all the juvenile stuff on Friday. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> It'll that. be fun. I'll- 
All right, let's get into it. Yeah, don't take flight line this time. Let's get into it, buddy. Right. What's up? All right, here you see on the screen the 10 different categories that we'll be picking uh, for our fantasy teams. Uh, classic horse, turf horse, favorite to win, favorite to fade, long shot to win, long shot to hit the try. Japanese horse, I can probably spell it, it was a shorter, it was a smaller <laughs> window when I did earlier. Japanese horse, and then wild cards, one, two, and three. I get first pick. Um, oh boy. Yeah, Ed says, sorry. This is so tough. Like, picking first is tough because there's so many choices. Uh, and there isn't a flight line. Yeah. Last I'm, year it wasn't tough, and I made it tough. This yeah, year you, that's not the case. If you want to, if you want to take flight line first, I'll let you do it here. I appreciate that. That's very very kind of you. No. Um. I got to go with the turf horse. I'm gonna go with Mostadoff. Most deaf, as he's been known. Uh, give me the most deaf to win the turf. Uh, I really think that's down to two horses. Um, since I was picking first, this is the one that I'm most confident in. And uh, possibly the one that you pick here is who gets second, but I will save that comment until then. So first pick overall, uh, and you know what? I'm going to put number one, most adopt. <laughs> so I remember. I had this list as a possible turf pick. I also had this list as a possible favorite pick because I do think most adopt is going to be your favorite in the turf. And I, I like so that's the interesting part about this too. You don't have to necessarily. You can use a turf or classic horse in another category if you want to. Yep. And I, I, I didn't have a ton of favorites. I'm really excited about. Like I know you've got Cody's Wish. You've got a couple other favorites like that that are going to be shorter prices, elite power. I, I think those are going to be some tough spots for them. So favorite to me was one of the more difficult categories. Um, I am actually, you know, I'm going to snipe you a little bit here. Kevin, that magic already lost. Thanks. I'm going to go to to Japanese horse. Okay. I only thought there were two possible Japanese horses. Uh, yeah. I, I know you like Songline quite a bit. So I'm going to go with Songline as my second <coughs> overall pick for my Japanese horse. That's smart because that was going to be my next pick here. Yeah. So Songline uh, for the mile. Um, I did have the odds. Where did they go? Let me put them up here. The odds for uh, Bavada uh, with what we have right now. So let me look up song line. She's right now co seven to two favorite in the mile along with Master of the Seas and Maj is four to one right behind there. Um, also, by the way, we're, we're doing this obviously without post draws. So we might pick a horse accidentally that doesn't make it to the Breeders' Cup. Um, as far as the favorites and long shots, you got to give us a little leeway on here because we don't have odds. I'm just going off of what I saw with Bavada and kind of my best guess for some of this stuff. Yeah, I think you can assume which a couple of them are going to be, but yeah, yeah it, it's definitely a little tough on the, the long shot, especially, but we're going to try and pick some prices here. You can count on it. And if you haven't looked at Songline, make sure you check out this horse. Really, really impressive. Uh, one over uh, over in Saudi, uh, or I'm sorry, ran over in Saudi, didn't run well that day, but has been phenomenal the rest of the year, uh, but went back-to-back -back grade ones over in Tokyo. Uh, first start off a layoff, got second by a nose in a grade one where it looked like uh, he was going to, or she was going to get home. I, she's she looks ultra tough here in this spot and what's going to be a tough race anyway yeah and uh i've been watching her in the morning she looks great she got to touch the turf course they're blending together it was either today or yesterday i think it was today yeah today was she got to touch the turf course and it wasn't a fast work but she got to do a couple laps and she looked really happy out there uh the japanese horses for the most part have been doing pretty well out here uh funny enough the two classic horses are the ones that are giving uh some trouble here 
All right, so the next one for me can fit into a couple of different categories here. I'm going to go ahead and put her in wild card one. Give me Inspiral. I think Inspiral is a pretty solid lock to uh, to win the Philly and Mare turf here. Coming over for John Gosden, uh, Frankie DeTore has been her rider for 11 of 12 starts. And uh, she has won uh, seven of those 11 mounts that he's had. She's 8 for 12 lifetime, 10 for 12 in the money. Uh, the last race that she lost was a group one race, three back. Uh, against the boys, she lost to a horse named Paddington. If Paddington had come over for the turf or the mile, uh, he was going to be a very solid, probably for the mile, he would have been a very solid contender for that. So kind of happy that he retired because that's one less horse that I have to try and go, all right, got to fit that into the mile ticket, that into the mile ticket. So uh, Inspiral to win the Philly Mare turf. Yeah, I was bummed that Paddington's not coming over. Uh, that was going to be a horse that I was going to try and key on, see if we get somewhere in that 5 to 6 to 1 price. Uh, but like you said, retired, so we're not going to see Paddington in this spot. I like the Inspiral pick. Interesting you're using the wild card right out of the gate here. That's uh, I, I'm trying to see if we can save a couple for that wild card spot. Uh, give me my Well, because you got to think about it. I like favorites and you don't. So that's yeah. where that's kind of why. <laughs> give me my favorite to fade. I am going to fade Caravel, who I think is going to be your favorite in the turf sprint. Uh, I I am not. I think it's a really tough race in and of itself. Uh, there's a ton of pace. I'm not. I don't think she makes the lead. I think the post position draw for her is really big. And I I don't think that she's in as good a form as she was earlier this season. It's going to be very very difficult for her to go back to back in the turf sprint. I think she's the best bet against favorite in this 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 weekend. She is, uh, uh, I'm not saying you can't use it. She's seven to one, fourth choice with Bovada right now. Living the Dream is the seven to two favorite. Um, which you want to talk about who had a worse last race, Living the Dream or Caravel? At least Caravel was in the photo for the win, right? Yeah, I, I would be surprised if Caravel doesn't go off as, as I think you're going to get like a, a seven to two, four to one type favorite. And I think it's going to be Caravel when they break from the gate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am getting paid to watch the horses work out. Uh, not by the racing dudes, they're too cheap, but thankfully, FanDuel stepped in and said they'd pay me to do that. Um, Caravelle, I have not seen yet. I don't think the Brad Cox contingent has arrived. They'll probably be here tomorrow's Tuesday, probably tomorrow. I'm guessing we'll get them on, on Tuesday. So, all right, next one for me because the only mm, hmm, yeah, mm -hmm, hmm. now this does get tough all of a sudden. <laughs> Well, I, I know where you're going, and I almost sniped you and took the horse that you're, you're thinking about taking and figuring out where to put. I don't actually... Hmm. I'm going to... Let's see. It's pick number five. All right. Arabian Nights winning the Classic. And I have tried very hard to not say this, but Go Rocket Ride's uh, terrible injury took out a huge contender. Yep. Forte's not there. Uh, Ushba Tesoro... Uh, spent about 10 minutes throwing a gigantic hissy fit schooling and he looks terrible in the gate. So they're going to have to spend all week working on that. If that doesn't improve, I don't care how good he's like. Way to Barrio seems to be like patchwork right now. I'd, I think that the classic is Arabian Nights to lose. And so give me Arabian Night. Bob Baffert's the only one who wins it with three-year-olds, but he only wins it with three-year-olds. He's got the best one right here. Yeah. I mean, he's, this is one of the three horses I have listed uh, for the classic. So I, I, I was... Hoping I'd be able to get Arabian Night a little bit later, but I, I don't hate it. It's interesting when you look at the different pace analysis for this. So you've got a couple, you got Time Form, you got Equinedge that have their pace previews, completely different pace previews from the two of them, which is wild. Generally, you see a pretty, pretty similar pace preview with some little exceptions. Uh, one has uh, Saudi Crown easily getting the lead, the other has uh, Arabian Night easily getting the lead. 
neither of them have them dueling, which I think is kind of the most likely scenario here. Um, I considered Arabian Night for favorite as well, by the way. That was another one there that I, I was thinking about. Um, but it, it, I'm kind of wondering, and, and I was really upset that, that Ushba is struggling in the gate because I've gotten higher and higher on this horse in the last week or mm-hmm. so. Uh, the pace sets up beautifully, beautifully for this horse to be able to come from mid-pack to just off it. And so I agree with you. I think Arabian Night's the horse to beat, but I, I think the pace issue could be a problem for him. It, yeah, Saudi Crown's the, the one, I guess, kind of question mark there. But the way that I watch Saudi Crown, uh, I to me, I think that his better chance of doing well at the Breeders' Cup is to go to the dirt mile, as crazy as that is, because you've got Cody's Wish and Practical Move and whoever else is back there. But um, it's I know Always Dreaming won the Kentucky Derby. I have a hard time seeing Always Dreaming getting a mile and a quarter, like uh, Sons of Always Dreaming doing that. They just haven't really been succeeding at long distances. Yeah, I, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I agree with you. We'll see what happens. I, I think you're going to have to see speed there, which is, I don't see any chance Saudi Crown tries to rate, right? And that yeah. that's that's the big question. I think the post position draw for the Classic is one of the most important post position draws we have because there is an abundance of horses that want to be forwardly placed there. And Arabian Knight is the fastest. If he draws wide, that could be a little bit of a problem for them. We've seen how you know you kind of want to go out and then force everyone out wide. So if he draws like the one through three, I think Arabian Knight has a huge shot there. I'm going to take my favorite next. Okay. Uh, this is the I, other spot I was looking. Is this what you thought I was going to take? No, it wasn't. Um, oh, okay. Give me Tamara, who I think is your most likely winner on, on either day. Uh, she's running in the, the juvenile Phillies. Uh, daughter of a holder looked phenomenal last time at Del Mar. I don't think the juvenile Phillies is all that difficult of a race. And I think she is ultra talented, uh, going to be a short price, maybe even your shortest price of the weekend. But to me, if, if there's one horse that you want to single all weekend, it's tomorrow. I was really, I'm glad that you took her and I was very willing to let you take her because she could very well be the, like the lock of the week. Like that. I think that race is, um, She's got a great chance to win it, but the, she's never gone two turns. She's It's a two-month layoff that she's coming into. There are question marks. And so for me to say that that's the most likely favorite to win the entire weekend, uh, that was just that was a little difficult for me. I, by the way, not I think that I, I put Inspiral down there. Inspiral very well could have been favorite to win. I had that. I'll go ahead and... <laughs> I'll, I'll oh, actually... Well, you still got three ball cards. I was like, you can't... Uh, I don't think you can touch what I've got here. Um, anybody. That's why I'm saving those. Yeah. Puppies. Yeah. Let's see. I've got my turf. I've got that one. Um, I've been trying to stall to, uh, to get time. All right. This is the horse that I've been in love with for, for months. It's the long shot to hit the try. I have, uh, loved how she's looked in the morning at San Anita park. I do not think that there's a world where desert Dawn wins the breeders cup distaff. I think there is absolutely a logical world where Desert Dawn hits the try in the Breeders' Cup Distaff. You've got a lot of people, uh, including ourselves, saying the Distaff looks like it's going to fall apart again. You've got Idiomatic, who's going to be super fast. Uh, Society is going to be in there. There's a lot of fast horses early. Adair Manor, they're going to burn each other out. And Desert Dawn almost caught Adair Manor at a mile in the Clement Hirsch, where there was no pace. And it, it was a four or five horse field. She needs big fields to succeed. And she needs pace. She's not talented enough. She's not good enough to win on talent alone. If she wins, it's it's a beautiful story about heart. But man, she because of that heart, I think she definitely hits the try. And I think that we're looking at like twenty to one, possibly oh, for her. You'll get every bit of twenty to one. What do we say about California Phillies and Mayor's Magic? 
Well, they don't do well when they leave uh, California, at least not on dirt. <laughs> so, I mean, which is odd because I just took tomorrow to be my favorite. <laughs> you know, and now I'm knocking your desert. But they're still in California. We at least have a body of work around Desert Dawn. That's also a pretty yeah. tough race. I thought that one came up more difficult than I was expecting. Don't like a dare manner at all. But uh, if you if you like Desert Dawn, <laughs> to me, that's you got to like uh, like like mm -hmm. uh, a dare manner as well, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, no. Do I like her? No, because of the pace. Okay. I think a Darren Manor is was cheap speed, and it's just every race of Desert Dawn, she just tries and tries and tries, and that the reason she doesn't win because she's not good. She's she's like the Oklahoma Sooners, right? The talent's not there, but damn it all, they try. Just sometimes you run into a Jayhawk that knocks you down on your chalk. Yeah, and you're not. Yeah, you're rock chalk Jayhawk, and um, you're about to be unemployed, is what you were about to say. <laughs> Nah, Aaron's not watching this. Maybe you'll catch the replay. We'll see. Oh man, um, I'm surprised. I, I was not. I was not going to take Desert Dawn for that spot. Um, I just love her too much, and I didn't think you were going to take her, but I was going to be crushed if you did take her. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna kind of follow the same thing. I'm. I'm gonna go off the board a little bit. I'm gonna go to my long shot to win. I don't. I don't think you're gonna take this horse, but this is. Well, I'm definitely not now. <laughs> It's just one of those that, well, I, I think you might have this one listed somewhere in there or at least thought about it. But I want to make sure. I was kind of worried, to be honest. You were going to take this horse as your horse to hit the board. Give me, uh, and I might mispronounce this, Lalni. Oh, Lalni. Oh, I got the pronunciation Lalny. this week. It's Lalni. Give me Lalni. Um, this is a filled the model trained horse. Uh, Maticat Stables privately purchases this horse specifically to run in the Breeders' Cup. Um, she has run six times in her career. She has run on heavy turf twice. Those are clearly her two worst races. I think this horse wants firm turf. I think of all the turf races, this is one of the weaker ones we're going to see all weekend. There's, there's the European contingent, I should say, that's coming in, I think is weaker than almost any other area. I'm getting a European horse, but I'm getting it with a U.S. trainer who is clearly prepping for this race. I've seen anywhere from 17 to 25 to 1 um, on the odds, bar, odds board here for Lawney. Like, look, I like a couple other horses in here. I do. Like, I, I, I think um, it's really interesting that we saw, uh, where is she? She feels pretty decide to, to show up here versus run anywhere else. She's going to come in here. I think she's going to be awfully tough for Sherry DeVoe. Um, we've, we've talked about, um, uh, Buchu a little bit here as well. Mm -hmm. One of the Jasmine last time at Keeneland. I, I do think this is one of the better North American contingents, but it's one of the weaker European ones. And I think that's a good place to take a shot on the turf with a price. Uh, never stretched out, but again, this is Diamato. This is Maticat. The plan was to run here. The plan was to buy this horse to specifically run at the Breeders' Cup over firmer turf. I'll take a shot with a, a big time price. This could be a, a table winner if we can get the get Lowney <laughs> home here with, with what I'm expecting from a, board, a price perspective. Uh, I saw her on Bovada right now, 16 to 1. I looked for Desert Dawn, 35 to 1. Okay. Yeah, Mike was right. I'm going to get every bit of that price. <laughs> yeah. You picked a big number, man. I, I would be surprised. I will take the over on 35 to 1. <laughs> uh, bring it on. I get those odds, right? Um, or wait, no, that's to win, isn't it? Not to hit the try. That's okay. Um, yeah, listen, Lonnie was one that I I, I liked. Uh, when I saw her in the pre-entries, uh, it really grabbed my attention a lot, and I was very excited to see her. Uh, it is a tough race, though. Juvenile Phillies turf. Uh, we may have another horse or two come out of that uh, that gets drafted. So I'll keep my uh, I'll keep my comments back for now. Uh, but you've got Lonnie with the eighth overall pick. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. 
I kind of would just use up my wild cards. I know that's stupid. Um, I've got my classic. I've got my turf. I don't have a favorite to win or a favorite to fade or a long shot to win. I need to get one of those. Or a Japanese Let me... horse. Or th Sorry, thank you, Japanese horse. The T being there threw me off. Um, let me do a quick odds check here because there's one. I want to make sure that I can get... Oh, man. All right. I'm just going to go for it. Favorite to win, Juvenile Turf. It's unquestionable that this is Aiden O'Brien's world and we're all just living in it. This, to me, is his best horse that he's bringing over from all the juvenile races. Uh, if it wasn't for a certain horse named August Rodan, who you may or may not be picking for the turf slot, uh, this could be possibly the best horse, that, or best, uh, most likely winner that uh that he brings over here uh august for dan is a, a two-year-old son of wooden bassett who is going to get firm ground in two turns and i really think this horse is just uh, an absolute beast in the spot um he was uh he won his uh he broke his maiden a second asking and then he has a, a group one placing lost by a length and then the two previous races before that mike kept losing to a horse named bucanero fuerte so no bucanero fuerte that means we're all fuerte on fuego for unquestionable no Bucanero Fuerte, no problem, right? Uh, unquestionable. Yeah. Actually, the second horse I listed in this segment. Um, so I, it All was, right. to me, if you had taken Tamara, I would have taken Unquestionable here. I thought that was those were the two horses that jumped out as favorites to win. So good pick, Magic. Good Thank pick. You. Um, I'm going to be nice. I'm also going to do this because I want to make sure I get this horse. My long shot to hit the try, if you've watched the Magic Mike show at all the last two weeks, give me Talk Talk, baby. Uh, talk <laughs> Talk here juvenile uh what is this juvenile turf right um and yep. the reason I, I i i'm high on talk talk i will have a, a win bet on talk talk to be completely honest but i think it's a pretty difficult race and, and this was really look i i think lowney has an easier spot than talk talk has but talk talk to me has a chance to, to be absolutely phenomenal here when you look at the well for me first off you got to go back and watch the last race that's a big part of this handicap um when Tok Tok was in that race, had a world of trouble um, and was not able to really get loose um, in that spot. And so now we get get the horse back. I'm going to get a much better trip or hopefully we get a little bit better trip than we did last time. It can't get much worse. Um, <laughs> no. And this is a spot where Grand Motion debuts the horse, horse of Colonial, goes to Keeneland and off that effort rolls the horse right back. John Velasquez picks up the mount at Keeneland. I thought this horse was going to win that day if the horse was able to get did a clean trip, got anything but it. The fact that they go to the Breeders' Cup with the horse tells you all you need to know about the belief and the talent in Talk Talk. Um, so I'm I'm going to go with long shot to hit the board just because I'm simply concerned about the rest of the field, and that's why Talk Talk ends up here and not in the long shot to win for me. I like it. I got to see Tok Tok. Uh, it was too... Tok Tok never got close enough for me to take a picture for you. But as soon as I saw Tok Tok was about to come out, I texted Mike and I was like, I can see Tok Tok. He's going to come out. It was very, very exciting. Um, Ed asked, are we doing a Breeders' Cup draw show? Yeah, we're going to go live in just about an hour, Shadi said. Uh, 4.30 Pacific time will be uh, myself, Aaron. I think Jared, Mike's, Mike's questionable, but that's okay. We got Mike be, for the I'll, best part. I'm hoping I'll be in later in it. I don't think I'll be okay. there right at 4.30 um uh, all right let me see here the next one i'm gonna go with um uh, i think i'm ready to make my long shot to win and i actually was back and forth on who to use here no wait i'm gonna hold on to this um yeah, I mean, i'm not i'm probably i will almost guarantee i'm not going to pick that horse so you might as well take that one last yeah i just realized you both your long shots are taken and you're not going to waste wild cards on this long of a shot so um 
I need a favorite to fade, but I'm gonna actually well, I'm gonna hold off on that one last, I think, because or one of the last, because I want to see if I pick like accidentally pick one that you have on your team, and then they're competing against each other. That would be fun. Wild card number two. I last year at the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, Cody's wish came barreling down the stretch at Keeneland, and he caught Cyberknife right at the wire. And I had thought for sure that Cyberknife was one of the most likely winners of the Breeders' Cup, and it killed me that he lost that one. I had this a year Cyberknife bet in the BCBC. <laughs> this year we are going to see a repeat. We are going to see off the turn Cody's wish in the Godolphin Blue barreling down the stretch, except. He's not good enough this time to catch Practical Move, who's winning the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Meow, 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 meow. I thought you were going to go Zozo, since Zozos will be in the lead. Oh, Zozos will be past it like the 316th pole because he's already thrown in the anchor. Uh, I don't hate it. A big question here, that long layoff. Obviously, didn't see the horse since the San Anita Derby. Comes back, wins an allowance against absolutely nobody, but looks phenomenal doing it. Definitely jumping up a little in class here. <laughs> it is, but he looked so good just the way that he moved in that return and the way that he's looked on the track since then. And he has the running style that usually can get the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile 1. Uh, it's usually a, a situation where you need speed. Um, City of Lights, fun to run. Nick's go, life is good. Those were like elite speed horses. Zozos is not elite speed. Zozos is going to throw it in. Practical move will get the first jump on him. I think the practical move at this point is too hard for Cody's wish at this point to run down. Cody's wish, the last time that we, the last two times we saw him, he was showing some, eh, there's a reason they were retiring him after the Breeders' Cup. Yep. No, I, it makes sense. Um, I'm going to go to my classic horse. Yeah, bring it on. This is a little bit of gamesmanship. Give me Ushba Tesoro. Okay. So that you can't pick Ushba Tesoro as your Japanese horse. <laughs> now you got oh, okay. <laughs> one of the shitty Japanese horses. <clears throat> like that. uh, that's great. I love that. <laughs> that's your only reason for picking Ushba Tesoro. Uh, yeah. uh, I'm, I, I, have, I have warmed on this horse quite a bit mm -hmm. in the last week and a half. Like Since, since, since we heard he was coming over, I, I started to watch the replays. Watch back that that race overseas uh, in the in the Middle East. This setup for him, I think, is great. I, I really think if he's able to figure this gate thing out, which is obviously a big if. You mentioned the ten minute escapade he had at the gate, trying to go <laughs> in there. He's not looked phenomenal, and that is the big concern here. Um, but if we can get past that, I do think he's got a huge shot in the classic because you are going to have speed up front. He has tactical speed. Should be able to sit mid pack and make a big time run at them up front, and the other part of this is I'm I'm actively screwing you over in the Japanese horse category now. <laughs> uh, you want to know something funny? He's not who the other Japanese horse was that I was going to put on here. Really? Really? Oh, wow. I mean, to be honest, if you tell me Arabian Nights not winning the Classic, I'm like, I could have four horses that will all, if like pretty much all equal, right? Yes. I mean, to me, it's, if he doesn't win... I don't have a huge opinion in who is going to win. And Ushba Tesoro is one of those four horses that I think has a, a legitimate shot to win if it's not Arabian Night. Okay. Let's right. see go here. Ahead, go ahead and take Derma with your, your Japanese horse. Oh, good Lord, no. <laughs> oh, good Lord, no. I'm not touching Derma Sotagake. Uh, cute horse. 
not touching him on this fantasy league here. Uh, and I'm not touching Nakoro Neo, no, for the sprint. Um, by the way, I don't know what his name is. There's that Japanese horse in the juvenile that's still a maiden after two starts. Did you notice that? I saw that, yes, yeah. I and he like, somehow made the Breeders' Cup. That's an, an, It's an interesting interesting move, I guess, is the best way to put it, yeah. Uh, it's. I guess if you had a free spot on the FedEx plane, you might as well fill it, right? I mean... <laughs> Six to one, seven to one in a 12 horse field, you don't get the job done, and then you ship over for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Interesting choice there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll just, we'll keep it at It's interesting. Yeah. All right. It's Long shot Neo. to win. Oh, is, oh, is it Coronio? I thought he was the, yeah. oh, he is the Juvenile. That's right. Yeah. I'm sorry. I thought Coronio was the sprinter. Um, all right. For me, long shot to win. It's time to bust out the nine to one at Bovada. What number are we on here? 13? 13th overall pick. Mataraya Bradcox, Flavian Pratt, a beautifully bred horse for seven furlongs. She's three for six uh, at the distance, which is a very key thing. She's also the other three times she finished third. So if she doesn't win, oh, I mean, maybe she'll use her in the trash. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I really think this is the spot to use her because she's got the right running style. Um, I think that the Philly Mare Sprint is going to have a quicker pace. Society will be in here. I did misspeak. Society is going to be in here. I was thinking of randomized, who was going to be in the, the distaff bringing speed. Society will be here bringing speed. Matt Array is going to sit pretty close, and I like that she's at the end of her four-year-old season. I think this is the perfect time to really take this shot with her. Um, and I think that Goodnight Olive is is vulnerable here because we've seen her struggle this year. Um, there is no, you know, Matt Array did beat her, right, in the Derby City distaff that day, and that was a seven-furlong race. So... I think the four-year-old still in her prime Matt Araya can beat Goodnight Olive, who, by the way, coming off a 108 buyer career best, and this is the Philly Mare Sprint champion. So that's a shot, but... I love Matt Araya. Been a horse I've, I've strategically played quite a bit throughout her career. That, that Derby City Distaff had her that day at 5-2. Nice. If Goodnight Olive could have gotten up for second, I win the Kentucky Derby contest. I monster exact <laughs> cold. Uh, Matt Ray over Goodnight Olive, and that trip was one I will not forget anytime soon, especially since so I have Mage and I had up to the mark in the race right before it. So, you easily, easy double there to close it out, too. Um, I want, I'm not going to pick a horse from this race, and it's maybe the last time we talk about it. So, I want to give a shout out to a long shot try horse that I had on my list for this race specifically. Kristen Bosch is a horse that is absolutely live to hit the board here. The seven furlong part is a key thing. If you go through her past performances, they're incredibly muddy because you have those two two-turn races in between three six-and-a-half furlong races. She's closing at every one of the six-and-a-half furlong races. She has no problem getting the seven. She's going to be rolling late. There's quite a bit of speed. She's going to be a monster number. We're talking like 30 to one, somewhere in that range. Mm -hmm. She likes the track. The seven furlongs shouldn't be an issue. She's hit the board twice in her two starts over seven furlongs. I think Kristen Bosch has a monster chance to hit the try. I, I wouldn't be shocked if she wins the race, if it sets up properly for her. But I think she's got a very big shot to run well and hit the try at a big number because of how dirty her form is. Just to confirm, you were drafting her, right? No, I'm not. Oh, you were no. just talking about her. All of a it's, sudden, yeah. I was like, wait. No, no, no. Okay. It's, it's going to be the last time that... that we're probably going to talk about the Philly. Yes. And I like, since we both used our long shot try horse, if I like, she's the other one that I was seriously considering if talk talk was gone. And so I wanted mm -hmm. to make sure I shouted her out because she's one of those horses this weekend that I think could make you some money. Um, if you are able to get her, uh, I'm going to go to the juvenile. Give me Muth. Uh, I, I think Muth is the better two turn horse than Prince of Monaco. 
I think it's I think it's between the two of them. I loved Muth's ability to rate last time out. I thought that was a big step forward for him. If he's able to rate against this field, I think he has a very big shot to be able to win this race. Uh, at worst, I think we're talking about a Baffert exactly here, and Muth ends up running second. I don't love a lot of those coming over um, from the, the the East Coast for this race. We know speed's going to play well. We know Muth likes the track. So uh, give me Muth here as wild card number one. Respect it. Uh, up until Saturday afternoon, I thought for sure Muth was winning the Juvenile. And the more I've watched the American Pharaoh and I've watched the Breeders' Futurity, Locked is really growing on me for Todd Pletcher. I think it's actually down to those two horses. Uh, I think Monaco is going to be possibly a distant third like we saw National Treasure. I got to say, if you like Locked, uh, you got to talk about the wine steward then too. I mean, because I, I thought the wine steward had locked beat in that, that uh, what was it, the Futurity that day, right? The British yeah, Futurity, the Futurity, yeah. Futurity um, the horse was three at three for oh, was on the rail versus on the outside, is able to rate. That was the first time going two turns. Like, if you like locked, I think you have to like the wine steward too. See, I, when I rewatched that race, locked had to go super wide both turns. Wine Steward saved ground. Locked had to be much farther back than he likes to be. The Wine Steward kind of got to pick where he was. I thought the fact that Locked was able to overcome everything he did uh, and to close faster in a short stretch at Keeneland than what Muth did in the American Pharaoh, there were a lot of things that added up to me. But I left the. I did not touch the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Division because I. I would. Everything suddenly changed in my thinking that I'm not ready to make a definitive choice yet. That's fair. I. I um... Yeah, I, I, to me, the, there's. I think the juveniles are. I, I may be betting more on Friday than Saturday. <laughs> At least with one of my BCB entries, I will be betting a good chunk of it on Friday, and hopefully, I'm right a couple times because I do think there are some uh, some pretty good plays, but they're not big prices. So you're gonna have to bet quite a bit to make some money. Ed's trying to tell me to take Maj because it could be Mike's turf horse. She's not in the turf. It's the actual Breeders' Cup turf, not just like any horse that runs in a turf race. I guess I probably should have. Yeah, let me. I mean, I, that was the idea. The two big races, you have to have a horse. Yeah. I, then, I can totally see why that was how anybody would read that. So there, I'll fix it. Yeah, totally fair. Good point there. Good fix. Listen, Shadi, Mike's got two wild cards. Calm your, calm it down. It's okay. He'll, we'll get there. Um, all right, I am up. So 14th overall was Muth. That's good. I was a little surprised he kind of fell that far, though I did tip my hand and I told you I wasn't going to take two-year-olds. So there you go. You got a free pass there. Um, no, no point in telling you my favorite to fade until the end. I'll save the Japanese horse for second to last. Oh, so all I have left to do is pick a wild card? Oh, well, boom. All right. Um, so here's the, where I'm going. What I'm having trouble with. I can't decide if I want to pick a horse that I'm quite confident will hit the board or a horse that I and just get like, you know, three points or one point or swing for a win. So that's where some gamesmanship comes in. Um, well, how shitty your team is, you probably should go for the win. That's what the Japanese horse is. Don't worry. Don't worry. All right. All right. Um, okay. Wild card number three. Oh, this is so hard, Mike. Why did you make me have to do this? Uh, wild card number three. Sandin. What? Sandin <laughs> always... Always, always, always tries to hit the board. Always hits the board. Give me some save points with Zandon. <laughs> Let me save soft. face with something here. That that is a soft, soft pick right there. You're looking for one point out of Zandon. <laughs> Would you like me to take somebody different? 
I mean, uh, no, 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 please take Zandon. Uh, I can already taste the Casamigos on my lips. Um, <laughs> look, I, this, that, I agree with you. Potential try super horse, but I, I can't see anything. I can't see a first or second finish. Can you, I mean, like, you really think this horse could maybe run? I guess you could make an argument could run second. Do you think the horse has any chance of winning? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. And that is why I don't love But it. I don't think Desert Dawn has a chance of winning, and I drafted her, so, you know. Well, yeah, out. you drafted her in a spot where you get five points if they finish in third. <laughs> so you could have taken Zandon in that spot. <laughs> um, <laughs> anywho. Um, all right, now I'm kind of torn here. I, I have two horses listed that I want to take. And you're not going to take either of them. So I guess I should just take them both. Because, But I, I also have a couple of horses. Okay. Um, I've been high on this horse for a while. Ever since this horse came back, I thought it was going to win uh, its previous effort. I think it should be the favorite in the sprint. Give me Speedboat Beach. Okay. So... What what is Speedboat Beach's winning trip? Uh, breaking the trend and going gate to wire. I, that that okay. is obviously the biggest concern. Is that hey, like we have not seen a horse go gate to wire in quite some time in this race. The only counterpoint I would put to that is this is the slowest sprint early we have seen in a very long time. How many horses have a hundred plus time form? Three. Speedboat Beach is at 117, early time form rating. Gunite, mm-hmm. I don't think is going to get the lead, is 107. And Dr. Scheibel is 112. Well, we already know Speedboat Beach is faster than Dr. Scheibel, right? We saw that last time. Dr. Scheibel was able to, to catch him late. And this is now second off the layoff for a horse that I think has been pointing to this race for a pretty long time. And I don't think Gunite is fast enough to get the lead. So... Unlike other right. years where you we are in this race and you're like, there are six horses that have to go because it's their only chance. And oh, by the way, your, your four to five favorites also dead speed, right? This is a different situation where we do not have a plethora of speed sign on for the sprint. We've got three horses. Two of them like to defer. Two of them don't want mm-hmm. to leave. One of them dead set on making it. I think the horse dead setting on making it has an advantage here. So uh, give me Speedboat Beach here, who I think is going to be able to go gate to wire and break the trend in the sprint. So, I either like this pick, I think it's sneaky, or I absolutely think this is the worst pick you've made. Depending on, is Victor Espinosa riding him in the Breeders' Cup, Mike? You know, I doubt it, but we'll see. <laughs> if Juan Hernandez, no, it's not Hernandez, he's going to be on Dr. Scheibel. Vasquez? Pratt? Pratt's got to Pratt have wrote, a sprint mount, doesn't he? Pratt rode him. Four, three of his five races. That's true. That's true. Oh. And Shival is the other Pratt mount. So if Hernandez is on Shival, you put Pratt. I mean, I wouldn't even mind Mike Smith on a speed horse in a sprint. Like, that's this is this is not a hard horse to ride, right? That's the other part of this. There's it's certain not. Horses, there's certain horses that's really easy to mess the trip up. Speedboat Beach in the sprint. It is not a hard ride. Heck, I wouldn't even mind if they threw a bug on them. Give me the weight break. I don't think they actually do that in the Breeders' Cup. But they don't, they, no. Yeah, <laughs> give me the weight on. break with a bug because I like this is just simply – and then hold on and hope that he gets the six furlongs. Yeah. 
just kind of turn your hands a little bit and then wait till you get to the quarter pole and go go and then yeah. off he yeah that's how you win i mean so to me it's like it, uh, again i was surprised i'm trying to go gate to wire in the sprint because this has been from a trend perspective an awful idea but mm -hmm. again, look at the actual speed in this race like it's not nearly as much speed as there was early uh the comments on here about us riding this horse is it's i mean i would probably so break the horse's back so I'm, i don't know if that <laughs> <be>. <laughs> all right <laughs> sorry about that uh okay uh, <laughs> Rodney is going to think that it's his birthday because we're going back-to-back -back Rodney picks on this one. My Japanese horse, if you've been paying attention to Rodney in the chat when he's not screaming about Speedboat Beach, he loves himself a, a turf sprinter for the Japanese. I, I couldn't get to this horse at all. Jasper Crone! Let's go! Give me Jasper Crone since you took Songline, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh this uh, listen okay so let me talk about jasper crone um yeah, do, obviously right? i want to i want to hear the defense on this one japanese horse he's won uh four uh four races this year two of them were graded stakes uh he comes out of uh the top group one uh turf sprint in japan where he got fourth beaten just two lengths um i this horse has been training well he's, he's looked at but he's also just he is fast and I think that that's one of the things that's going to be able to keep him uh, in the mix here is this horse is really fast. And if he breaks well, it's going to be tough to keep this horse uh, from being right there in the mix at the wire. So I think that, especially because I agree with you, Caravelle is a bad play. You have a lot of Euros who tend to break very poorly in the, the turf sprint races here. And then as soon as you do, you're done. Like, that's it. We're going right here. Uh, I don't see the trip. I don't think Jasper Crone's the fastest horse, and, and the other the other reason why like I couldn't get here, and this is this you know I, I mean this is just a, a gambler in me when you look through mm -hmm. this, um, the horse hasn't been under ten to one in any of the last four races, and uh, like okay one two of them. So the great. Japanese don't know how to bet. That's not their fault. I would argue they do. Um, <laughs> kidding! I'm kidding! I'm kidding! I'm kidding! <laughs> Those the two the two grade threes wins over ten to one, but then you get that grade one, so you're stepping up in competition. What is going to be a cup below what you saw today? You still go off at ten to one in that spot. Runs okay, one fourteen time rating. Not going to knock that effort. Uh, I just feel like it's it's a cup below, um, and so I couldn't I couldn't quite get there. All right, <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm like torn here. Um, on your wild card because you don't need to pick a turf horse there's no, no yeah, point in you doing that right now this is, this is going to be a wild card for me and it's okay. between two horses um and the the magic in me wants to take casa creed and the mic in me wants to take live in the dreams uh or is it live in the dreams or live in the dreams it's live in the, like live in the dream but live in the dream like okay. hey i'm living the dream except they put it forwards all right, yeah. so it's between Casa Creed and Live in the Dream. For me, Casa Creed is a sentimental pick. So if I was Magic and I wasn't worried about winning, I would take... You're already winning! Look at the teams and tell me how you're not winning this. Just take the sentimental pick, for damn sake. All right, I'll take Casa Creed because he deserves to be on the squad. Uh, love this horse. We, we've talked about this horse more than any other horse. I legitimately think it's going to be a very, very difficult race to win just because of how difficult the race is. Not because of Casa Creed and, and anything I feel about Casa Creed, 
but because that is one of the toughest races for Casa Creed to be able to win. However, I do like the fact we're in the U.S., has tactical speed, has looked phenomenal, and oh, by the way, competed really well against, against a lot of the horses over when he did go overseas as well. So uh, I will take Casa Creed as my other wild card. However, I do like live in the dream as well, and, and that, that, that is the horse who I think makes the lead in the turf sprint. I he very well could. I still can't believe that he's the favorite. Um, off of I mean, he's very fast. We saw that, but holy smokes, he he was so fast he quarter horsed himself. He he, well, he ran out of gas gotta, before he. I mean, part of that is you got to learn something here. Like you you got to understand that there isn't anyone that can go 20, 20 and four, forty three and three. So you yeah. don't need to go 20 and 4, 43 and 3. You have to have a little better internal clock. I also think uh underrated here. We're only going five furlongs. I think that matters quite a bit for living the dream as well. Because that that lack of that extra half furlong, I think, makes a difference, especially if he gets loose. So here's the fun thing. Shadi wants to know is Magic gonna cement being canceled by picking Cody's wish as the favorite to fade. <laughs> No, so I'll tell you before, uh, Cody's Wish and Elite Power were the other thoughts I had for Wildcard 3, um, but it, it was also the same idea, was which, you know, you're going to hit the board, I don't think you're winning your race there. Um, Elite Power, by the way, is and Cody's Wish have both looked superb in the wars. They're, they're big, beautiful, five-year-old curling sons, and they look like it. Um, yeah. There you go. Mike Samich, or Mike Samich, Mike Smith listed on Speedboat Beach. A lot of Mike's involved in that comment. We got Michael. There's Austin. a lot. Michael Austin, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Smith, Smith there and me. It's a lot of Mike's involved. Favorite to fade. I actually I'm not gonna do it, but I did actually think about putting Archangelo here. Just because the if you're not haven't been paying attention to what happened on Saturday, Archangelo took a big spin around the track and he threw a shoe. And since then he has had some serious ouchy feet uh with that and that maybe that does really hurt i don't know i've never you know had horseshoes put on and then have it ripped off so maybe it hurts but uh the point good it probably doesn't tickle uh but where i'm going with this mike is the breeders cup the biggest race of his life and a dual classic winner the biggest race of your life is five days away you've not even touched the track in the last two days you have been too sore or your trainer is being too cautious so cautious that you're not leaving your stall. You're just staying there and they're trying to heal the foot. And when you have to go a mile and a quarter on the dirt, on hard, fast dirt, that's oof, that scares me. I'm not going to put Archangelo here uh, because, although, how about, let me put it this way. If I put Archangelo here, does that almost guarantee he wins the classic? I mean, with your team, yeah. <laughs> so for, if I wanted to just like secretly be a face pretending to be a heel here, I would put Cody's wish or Cody's put Archangelo here or either one and then actually celebrate because the feel good story happens with Jenny Antonucci. I mean, the only problem with that is like there's no chance he's going to be a favorite. Archangelo? Yeah, Arabian Nights can be the favorite. Archangelo has been the favorite in overseas trading since it began. Like, really? He's seven to two, or he's three to one. Arabian Knights four to one. Ushba's oh, wow. six to one. Wade Barrio's six to one. Archangelo's he was seven to two. He's now three to one because Go Rocket Ride is out. All right, yeah, no, take him then. I that's a great favorite to fade. There you go. All right, Jen Antonucci, you're welcome. Congratulations on winning the classic. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I respect Archangelo. I can't get to Archangelo in this race. I like the the trip actually should be good. We talked about the early pace. Our if he scratches, by the way, automatic five points. There's also that factor, Trish. I did think about that too. I don't. 
think that counts. Your horse has to run. Yes, it does. Because if I drafted somebody who didn't end up drawing into a Breeders' Cup race or scratch, I don't get to replace it. That's fair. Maybe I, I, I don't know. But did we have any favorite scratch so far? Now I'm thinking if I should have taken someone else. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, look. Uh, no, there's no official morning line yet, Ron. So we're just going off of... <laughs> I like Bovada. Uh, we're just going off of Bovada as favorites. And, and horses we assume are going to go off as favorites or very close to favorites. Uh, Prince of Monaco, another one that I had considered as a favorite to fade. I've seen him as the 4-1 to favorite in that race. Um, I'll make my last pick. So it gives us nine minutes to answer questions here real quick. Uh, look, I... I think this turf is a two-horse race. I really do. I'm going to take Augustus Rodin, uh, or August Rodin, or whatever you want to say here. Uh, this is the just a phenomenal horse. When you, when you go through the PPs and you look at this horse, you, you, you have have to have to respect it. Um, the one big hiccup to back, the horse didn't run a lick at Ascot, uh, and that was in the King George. First time facing older and was eased in the race. But was also the favorite as a three-year-old in the King George comeback, comes back, wins yeah. the Irish Championship, a grade one, $1.3 million race, while sitting close to the pace and just freaking dominating. Um, this is Aiden O'Brien sending over here. Moore is going to take them out. This is a very, very, very good horse. I'm happy to get it with the last pick in the draft. Yeah, and I agree with you. This was, I mean... I love Mostadoff enough that I, that's why I made him the topic. By the way, funny that the turf horses or the Breeders' Cup turf horses were first and last here to bookend. Um, I, uh, Aiden O'Brien said this is the best athlete he's bringing over is August Rodan. Uh, if Mostadoff was not in the race, August Rodan would be my top pick and I would feel very confident about it. But Mostadoff is just that good. Now, the, if August Rodan wins, am I going to be surprised? No. But I think I'm agreeing with you. It's these two horses. I just I love most enough so much. I didn't want to risk letting you take him away from me. No, and I I, I would have considered him in the favorite spot. Um, I, I do think there's a couple other tour horses that are at least interesting. Um, I, Onisti, I think, is a little interesting at a bigger mm-hmm. number. Um, I, I, I think up to the mark is going to run pretty well. I think we're like goddess is a little bit interesting as well. If you want to look at the U S horses, Bolshoi ballet coming off, clearly the best race in, in his career. King of steel, I think is interesting, but to me, there's, there is a gap between these two and all of those horses. Yeah. Um, I did see, let me go back, uh, for, do you get points if arc scratches? Absolutely. That's why the part of the reason I did it. Cause I don't like the, the how his feet have been done. Oh, no. Only in that category, because it's favorite to fade. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I want to go back to Doi Fan. I saw you ask, or somebody, I think it was Doi Fan, had asked about Win Maryland in the Philly Mare Turf. Um, Mike, I don't feel like this is a Japanese horse. She's six. Her form has really fallen off this year. Last year, she was really good. She won the Hong Kong Vase, which is a Group 1, a, a $2.8 million race in Hong Kong, uh, beating the boys to do it. And then since then, she's had three races. Now, the, the, they've been good races, but uh, like high-quality races. She lost to Equinox, who, if he was here, like, good Lord, the horse just broke the world record for <laughs> 2,000 meters on turf. Uh, but then the, the two races after that, Mike, I just didn't – I watched the replays, and I couldn't figure out why she didn't like either race. So, uh, to me, I, I'm just going to fade her. I think it's six that she's probably done. But they brought her. Like, if yeah. she's done, they wouldn't have brought her, right? <laughs> That's the thing. You just don't assume you're going to bring a horse over, especially shipping from Japan. If you, if you think they're done, yeah. I agree with you. Not going to use her. Not interested in her. Uh, Dufan here asks a question. Who's on Clarier? Um, we didn't talk about this race at all. So let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the distance. We didn't here. talk about the distance. No, one of the only races we didn't take a horse in at all. Um, 
I'm not on Clarier. I think she's just a little bit below uh, these horses. However, I do think she's got a very good shot at hitting the board. Um, I think Idiomatic's going to be tough if we don't see search results or uh, randomized go. I think it's those two horses that really have to push Idiomatic. Mm-hmm. And if she's able to get loose, the, the, like we've seen this with the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita before. If you get loose in these two-turn races, you become very, very tough to beat uh, because you have very good horses who are in favorable spots on a track that's generally going to play towards speed. So all of that kind of plays out there. Uh, are you on Idiomatic? Do you like someone else? What, what are your thoughts here on the distaff? I had thought about putting Idiomatic as a favorite to fade, actually, um, because I don't think with the horses that are in there with um, Adair Manor, um, I don't think Idiomatic is really that fast. I think she's faced a lot of small fields and not, you know, nobody that had a lot of speed in them. And so that's why I think, I mean, she's trading at three to two right now. Do you want Idiomatic to win the distaff at three to two? No, I don't. And and you got to think like I think the draw is really important for her. Adair Manor and Idiomatic, the inside matters quite a bit for both those horses, because I don't see any way that Adair Manor doesn't go. Um, But if Idiomatic beats her for the first turn and is on the inside, that that makes a big difference here. So I kind of like pretty mischievous in this spot. Um, which is a, a big time is going to be a bigger price, but she's got the right trip and the setup to be able to win this type of race. Uh, when you go back, you look at her in the Kentucky Oaks kind of sat that, that mid pack with a fast pace and was able to get the win going a mile and an eighth. I think that's the style of trip that's probably going to win this race. If it's not idiomatic going gate to wire, is there anyone that jumped out for you, at you if you're not using idiomatic? Cause Clarier is the other really logical one who's going to get that type of trip. And I, yeah. like Leda Vita, I'm not really sure what to do with her. Um, so who, who do you like in here then? Clarier. Clarier is my pick here. And I think search results has a good, uh, a decent chance to hit the board. Um, I think that she'll sit off. I think that they send randomized after uh, Idiomatic and Clarier. And, and that's if you look at randomized PP, she's got four wins. All four times she won, she had the lead. Whenever she didn't have the lead at first call, she was beaten six and a half or 11 and a half lengths. So um she needs the lead and and that tells me that she'll go she'll be the one kind of sacrifice clarier is my topic i like search results uh i think pretty mischievous is very interesting as well uh getting back to this mountain eighth distance i didn't I, i'll forgive her for the sloppy cotillion and parks just being a, a shit show anyways but i think pretty mischievous is pretty uh sneaky here too yeah and justin um Adair Manor has been phenomenal on the track from what we've seen the the big thing and the reason why i think both magic and i are, are kind of against her here i she hasn't faced a lot. Um, and a lot of the horses that she had, I mean, Desert Dawn has run second or third to her the last three times. Desert Dawn is going to be 35, 40 to one. And that's the best horse she's faced going the two turns. Mm-hmm. Kristen Bosch, I like, ran second to Adair Manor, but that was at a mile and eighth. I like Kristen Bosch at seven furlongs, right? So there's a, a big time cutback that's involved in that, that preference there. And what we've consistently seen is when Baffert has these older Phillies and mares and they take on the East Coast older Phillies and mares, they have consistently gotten beat the last couple of years. And that's, I think, one of the big reasons why both Magic and I are moving away from Adair Manor, even though she's done absolutely nothing wrong on the track. Then that's very true. But her, the average field size for her last five races is, 20, or is, is 4.8. 24 total horses, including herself, have been in those five, last five races. She's not beating anything and she's not facing any speed. There's just, this is just a completely different class. This is like if she went to Keelan for the spinster. Or like you know, shipped it for to Saratoga for the personal ensign. Like this is, this is the big big leagues. Like you're the big fish in a small pond in California. You're not yeah, the big fish anymore, that, especially in that division where you just don't have that many elite level fillies that are three and up, right? Four and up, really. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Uh, listen, we hit the end of this. Uh, every single one of you has been amazing. Thank you so much for participating in the draft. Take a look here uh, at Mike's about to win his second straight bottle of Casamigos tequila off of me. Actually, Second, third, I've given you way too much tequila lately. I'm, I'm bad for your liver. Uh, but Mike, we got to get going here at 4.30. So in half an hour, we'll be back here for the post-draw show. Aaron, Jared, myself, and then Mike will uh, hopefully be at the tail end of it coming back here. So join us for that. Mike, any final thoughts before we get out of here, buddy? Uh, looking forward to the Breeders' Cup, man. I love this weekend every year. It's a blast to start diving into the PPs. I started doing it over the weekend when I was traveling. Got like sat down, spent four hours on the two cards, specifically the Breeders' Cup races today. Watched a bunch of replays. It just gets you excited to see these horses. It's the only time of year you get to see them all in one place, and you get these European horses come in. I love this Japanese aspect of it that we have now. So we have another region of the world shipping in. Uh, can't wait for the post draw today. Schedule wise, uh, we're most likely going to either be one to two or two to three Pacific on Wednesday to do the late pick five. Uh, which you always cover. That'll be Breeders' Cup Saturday late pick five. So you're going to get a really cool set of races there that we're going to do. Uh, Thursday evening, we'll have a live show talking about Friday's races from the Racing Dudes Airbnb house that we have out there. And Friday evening, we'll be talking about Saturday's races from the Airbnb house as well. So make sure you're subscribed to the Racing Dudes channel here on YouTube so you can catch those. You can also find them in podcast form. They usually go on Blinkers Off those the Friday and the, on their feed uh, for Friday, Thursday and Friday shows. Uh, ours will be on our feed there. You can get that any, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you're going to the track, we will all be there. Feel free to come up, say hi, hang out, uh, grab a drink with us. Love to meet everybody. Um, and it's nice because we have a lot of time between races. So there's a lot of time to chit-chat. Uh, so it should be a blast. Uh, I'll be in the tournament room the most most of the time. Um, I think we're all going to be wandering around as well. I know last time we, were, we had Santa Anita, we caught, uh, I think it was Nick's go, right on the rail there. For the, oh, no, that was uh, that was at Del Mar. But we, we usually go down to the rail for one or two races as well. So if you see us, come say hi. Love to, love to meet you. Yeah, the classic when Knicks go one and Aaron went about five feet in the air because uh, I put it the biggest win bet of my life on him. And I was so happy that I, for person that I saw, I just grabbed him a big hug. And Aaron's a lot smaller than me, so it was easy to just kind of throw him up in the air. So, yeah, we'll be throwing babies and Aaron Halterman's at the Breeders' Cup. Come find us. It'd be a lot of fun. Still the largest win bet I've ever made in my life. Was, was on Knicks go as well? Remember when we got three to one on Nixco in the classic? I remember when we got three to one on Nixco in the. I remember vividly when we got three to one on Nixco in the classic. Well, Mike and I will always remember just how wonderful each and every one of you uh, were for this show. Please join us in half an hour for the post draw and the rest of the week. Subscribe to youtubecom dudes and check out the Breeders' Cup Betting Bible. It's available for pre-sale now. It'll be published on Wednesday, November first. So make sure you go to Racing Dudes, check that out. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellerward. He's at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Until 4.30 and 28 minutes, I'm Magic. And a mic. See you soon. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.